0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to an NCP Conversation. I am your host, William Kahn, and today we will be going to episode number five, breaking down episode number four, our second sermon in James, James 1, 2 to 4. Now, for just a quick reminder for you, this is the breakdown of a sermon. Episode number four, we did a sermon on James 1, 2 to 4. And this week, this second day episode, is going to be looking on why I went in the creative direction I went into with the sermon, why I left uh, different parts out. This is more of a teaching episode, where the sermons are more of a preaching episode. So, with that in mind, let's jump in and let's get straight into the text, because today... I want to explain to you why I went with a through line with the theme of Everybody Hurts, the title of the sermon. Some of my critics will say it may not be a completely accurate description of the text itself, and, and there's some validity to that. But I want to really dig deep and show you why, as I, a North American pastor preaching to a North American audience went in this creative direction. So let's jump into the text right away here and then we'll break down the text and through the breakdown I hope that you'll understand where I decided to go creatively with the text to hit as many people as possible to be as great of an influence as possible. So, text, James 1, 2, 2, 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So, quick reminder from where we came in James 1, 1. We understood that this is a letter from James The leader of the first church built in Jerusalem to the congregation that fled the city, fled the nation, went to neighboring cities and nations and and countrysides to find shelter from the persecution that was breaking out against them from the religious Jewish leaders. So Persecution broke out against the Christian church, which is why they are scattered. And the first thing that James is going to hit on here is saying, when you are facing trials. And this is not the trials of being in poverty. This is not the trials of being um, sick. Those would be considered different trials. Uh, and I'm not going to get into the whole Greek, but the trials he's test, he's talking about here is the testing of their faith. He links those two ideas. You're going to face many trials and know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. So here we are talking about um, trials and the testing of his faith. Um, just reiterating here, James is not talking to a large swath of people. He's talking to my brothers, he's talking to his brothers. He's talking about other Christians who believe what Jesus did on the cross for them, living a perfect life, dying, taking a substitute uh, atonement, going to the cross so that we wouldn't have to, and feeling the weight of guilt and sin, and and condemnation on us lifted because Jesus went to the cross for us. James is talking to those people, so it's a very so this passage is a very 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 narrow understanding of trials to a very narrow set of people. This would have been written um anywhere from a decade to three or four decades from the time of jesus' death, and so you have to remember that this wouldn't have been a large group of people. Yes, there would have been Christians everywhere, but one, they would have definitely been the minority. Two, they would have been scared because they were fleeing to unknown lands, most likely, taking the message of Jesus with them. And three, if they took the message of Jesus with them, and they shared it with others, there were certain consequences for doing that. So one, the Jewish faith was all over the region and Jewish religious peoples heard about their message, they were more likely to be detained, sent to prison, even killed by Jewish leaders. Other people would have mocked them, aligned them, made made a laughing stock of them because they believed uh in the in the rising of the dead. There would have been many trials, many uh testings that they would have to go through as they began to share the message of Jesus. Now they were prepared for this and Jesus had told his disciples listen if they make fun of your master which is Jesus how much more are they going to make fun of his disciples? Actually, he said, if they do this, if they if they misalign Jesus, if they bring false accusations to Jesus, if they string up Jesus for death, how much more are they going to do that to his disciples? So, some Christians knew accepting the faith that these trials and these persecutions were going to come upon them and they're ready but can you can you just imagine how disheartening that would be how frustrating that would be you, hear, you have this great message you just want to tell other people God came in human flesh to greet us to bring us home and and, and, and people for all the way from mocking you to to killing you and you, and you don't know what you're going to face that day these trials and testings are going to come upon them and, and and for sure it would have been so disheartening James here says no consider it pure joy well think <laughs> that that is that is quite the thing to say in your opening words in your letter, consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you are facing trials of many kinds. That's an incredible thing to say. Not I sympathize with you, not that don't like not that it'll get better. He he just says, You are going to face trials of many kinds, and you should be joyful. It's an, it's an incredible statement that I don't even know. I wouldn't have, I don't know if I would have the strength to say that in your first opening line. So, why does it? say Because you are going to develop perseverance. Well, that doesn't seem like a very great goal, if you know what I mean. Like, what is perseverance? It is standing through the trial. Well, yeah, that, that's an outcome, of standing through the trial. And he's saying, yeah, and, and, and perseverance, verse 4, must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So here we see James saying, as Christians face trials, count it all joy because you are suffering like Jesus. And And, and there's a concept in the Christian world that says if you suffer like Jesus, Jesus will reward you in the afterlife because of what you are going through I, I think there is truth to that I think because I I can share story after story of, of friends or even strangers sticking up for me I remember them being aligned because of my sake I, I remember how much that Bonded me to them Because they went out of the way They didn't have to They didn't have to stick up for me They didn't have to care for me They, didn't, they could have just stayed silent And yet they, they, they spoke up and, and the attention was then turned on them And that's not the type of spotlight You want to have in your life But, but I remember that I think that's kind of There's an undertone here where Jesus is saying, whatever they do to you, because of me, I will recognize that. Well, if people mock you for your faith, and and you stand up to that, I'm going to recognize that. That's not going to go unheeded. I'm going to recognize when people say you you're crazy, you you're you're. you're you're a cannibalist. You're whatever whatever insult they want to say to the Christian faith. Jesus says, in, at the end of times, I'm going to stand beside you and I'm going to say, I remember what you did for me. Because I know what people have done for me in the past. I remember my my friends and how much they cared for me. Uh, and I love them for that. I think there is something there that Jesus is going to say in the end of days. I remember when you stood up to those boys. And and I love you for that. Side note. (coughs) Perseverance. Running the trial. Running the testing of the faith. And coming through it. James says. So that you may be mature and complete. Not lacking anything. Now. There is some um how do you say it concern here with this with this verse because a lot of people say, well, you'll be complete and like mature and com- and complete not lacking anything, and some people have taken that to say, Oh then you'll achieve a state in your life where you could become com- complete not lacking anything uh and, and become sinless. I don't think that versus I don't think this verse is saying that. Right? If you read the text closely, it's, it's saying that you, through testing, are going to be refined like gold. And if any of you have seen gold being refined, you know that gold is oh, heated up. It's tested, right? And, and And what happens when gold heats up is that all the impurities rise to the top of gold, and, and there's this process called skimming. You skim off the the rotten uh, things that are that are not supposed to be in gold, and and then what you're left with is pure gold. And and here we find that the James is calling his disciples his followers, his fellow believers in the faith, to look at their own life and recognize what is being tested. Because the call of the Christian life is that Jesus is better. The call is that Jesus is better than anything you could possibly imagine. Better than, you know, something as simple as ice cream or food. To, to better than you know it's better than a cause it's better than reputation it's better than anything it's better than life essentially and I, there's parts of us today that we have a hard time believing that we have a hard time saying I know Jesus is better than McDonald's but man I I, I would really like to have some food I don't have to cook up today. You know, sometimes we say, I know Jesus is better than the next Netflix special, but I really just want that today. When James says, you persevere through trials, he is calling his fellow believers to recognize that comfort is a good thing, but Jesus is better. Some people would have businesses that would be taken away from them. And, and, and that, is a, that is a tough trial. Something that you've worked so hard to build and maintain and upkeep. And it's taken away from you. I know a couple of business owners and they work like dogs. They work hard. They work so hard, and 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 they walk and they walk and they walk. And I can't imagine a time when when the government or where um, really religious leaders would come into your place of establishment and say, you know, you, you're no longer welcome here. We're going to ruin your store. We're going to ruin your reputation. We're going to ruin everything about your life. And and you have no choice but to shut that down. And sometimes people see their businesses as a means to an end. Sometimes people see their work as something that they've been given to do. But a lot of times people see their work, their their jobs, their businesses as their legacy. Something they could pass down to their kids. Something that could be of uh something of worth to show to their family or their communities that they are a productive member of society has taken away from them. And the cry of the Christian faith is say, is Jesus better? Even though you've done nothing wrong to lose your business. Is it okay if that goes away and you're just left with nothing but Jesus? I think that is the cry of this passage here. That you are going to suffer for your faith. And the answer to that suffering is not to find some quick fix around it, but to endure through it, to have perseverance through it, so that when you Are left with nothing. Your business is gone. Your family is gone. Your friends are gone. Your life is gone. When you're left with literally nothing. You are still mature. And complete. Not lacking anything. that's an incredible statement. Could you lose everything today. And still say you are. Mature and complete, and you lack nothing. It's an amazing statement. So, how do you take this very narrow text to this very particular group of people and and, and preach on it in two thousand eighteen to North Americans? If we were in a formal church. I would pretty much go point through point of this message because it is, it is built with so many good things for the Christian. Everything I said in there, you know, brothers, we are family, right? Consider it a pure joy that when, when, you, when you have trials and you're detesting every faith because you are going to be mature and complete and not lacking anything because Jesus is better. All that is so good for the church to hear, for Christians to hear, that's so good. But is there something in here for the larger North American culture? I believe it is. But what testing, what trials do people go through that that everyone knows? And this is the reason why I go with the through line of suffering, of pain. Everyone, everyone in their life will experience some type of pain. I don't know if everyone will suffer some type of misalignment, some type of bullying. Bullying would have been a great direction going with this one. I didn't want to go there because I myself have been bullied to, to a large extent and... I know that colors my worldview perhaps even a little bit too much, so I'm I'm nervous to go there. Which is why I didn't, because not everyone gets bullied. Everyone I think will experience bullying, but but everyone experiences pain. Everyone experiencing experiences suffering. And although my suffering may not be the same as your suffering, we all experience suffering. Uh, and, and I make this statement. You know, that suffering doesn't care about your feelings. It is not equal, and it doesn't care, and it doesn't feel right. It's not fair. All these things uh, I, I, I taught on in my sermon. And I think because just because you don't suffer the same way I do doesn't mean your suffering is greater or lesser than mine. And you're saying, well, how can you say that? That's, that doesn't seem factual or accurate at all. I say, yeah, you know, that's true. And I do think that, you know, being mocked at a, at a, at a Christmas party with close friends and family is very different than losing your dad. But in some, at some point, it all... Suffering comes down to the anecdotal, and I don't know what you've gone through in your life. I don't know what is the greatest loss of your life. I've I've seen people lose family members and not blink an eye, and and the, and turn around and and lose their dogs and be upset for a week, <laughs> and you're like. And, and and there's a greater question of priorities there um but but that I, i'm not going to say that's not suffering maybe maybe your dog has been your best friend maybe you've had a terrible mother and your dog has been there day in and day out through every suffering day of your life through every depressed day of your life through every anxiety attack i don't know what your dog's been there through i just know that some people love the dogs way more than they love their parents and so when somebody says i've lost my dog and it has crushed me i'm not going to turn my back on that and say well you haven't lost a you haven't lost a a a parent i'm not going to do you you can't do that and this is why i share the story of um, that associate pastor who, when he was five years old or something of the sort, couldn't dunk on the five-foot basketball rim. And he sat sat there and he weeped and he sobbed. And um, and the critique is real. I, I said that my mom critiqued the message because he had no idea what suffering was like. And, and she had a point I think that that man since has suffered greatly but he drew from his own life and he said when was I most sad and, and guys if he was most sad that he that he couldn't dunk a basketball when he was five years old one praise God <laughs> because I would rather people not suffer and and, and two that suffering was still real to him. The reason he shared it was because that was the greatest pain he had known up to that life. And, and I don't know how that registers on the pain scale. Meaning you just can't come to that conclusion for another person. So when people are distraught and crushed and crippled, we gotta be there for them. We gotta weep with, uh, with those who weep. We gotta mourn with those who mourn. We gotta be there for people. So, everyone is going to suffer Not everyone is going to go through trials and testing And, and yet, suffering and, and trials sh- Share the same or the same emotions um, Trials and testing in this particular case Is talking about things pertaining to Christian faith Right? Because every Christian should suffer in the name of Jesus, whether that would be intellectually, emotionally, physically, if you're a Christian, you have to suffer you have to suffer the the battles of the intellect of the emotional and of the physical. Now some people in other parts of the in other parts of the world are going to suffer way more um physical and emotional Where in North America, I believe we suffer more intellectually. There are a lot of great thinkers in North America, in Canada, in the U.S. There are great minds, atheists, uh, agnostics, those who will put my understanding of faith to shame. And we have to contend with the fact that there are great minds and they're going to put us to the test right how do you know that god is real how do you know that he is kind how do you know that he is powerful how do you know that he knows all things that he sees all things that he is predestined all things how do you know god is loving when he sends people to hell we have to contend with these great great minds and we have to suffer through the idea that we might not know all the answers We, as Christians, we as Christians all suffer. I believe that in North America, we are lucky enough to not be killed for our faith. But we all suffer. The non-Christians, they suffer. Again, will they be persecuted? Some of them are. Yeah, I've, I believe that, you know, the LGBTQIA plus community has suffered greatly. I believe people of color have suffered greatly. I believe that atheists, white men, women, everyone, everyone suffers. And just because you might be a white male and you might have white privilege, you still suffer everybody suffers now this is the reason why I went in this direction is because the answer to suffering is the same as to trials consider it joy when you suffer it develops perseverance and perseverance must finish this work so that you may be mature and complete not lacking anything it was a difficult lesson to, to teach especially because I know that losing my father I had to suffer greatly and I Missed out on a ton of life lessons That I was hoping to learn Um, As I progressed Into my teenage years And into my adult years And oh man To pick his mind today would be amazing But I don't have that opportunity It was a trial It was a suffering that I went through And As I continue to persevere the loss of my father. I know I don't have the answers. I know I don't get to pick his mind. But it gave me a chance to seek out answers for myself. It gave me a chance to seek out um, other mentors and in my own way of life. I've learned how to become a husband without my dad to teach me the ropes. And lucky enough for me I, I have my father in law to, to help me do that. And I've been very grateful to um to my father in law and my mother in law who have been very gracious and kind to me. And uh, allowing me to take their daughter on, on the on the ride of her life, essentially. <laughs> because man, I she, she got she got quite the Everyone goes through pain. The answer to pain is not to sidestep it. There's no easy answer to pain and suffering. We have to persevere. And when we do, we there's some pain that we are able to overcome on a day-to-day basis. There's other pain that leaves us Emotionally, mentally, physically. The loss of an arm is is a pain that will disable you. Even though you may have a sound mind, emotionally healthy, physically, there's a disablement there. Not less of a person. But, are you less complete in in a sense yes you are But, but here's the thing as you persevere you learn to live in your new normal you learn to live with one arm we had a guy in our college we called him lefty I'll give you three guesses why but I'm assuming you only need one and I, he had a great laugh. He had an amazing sense of humor. You, <laughs> I, I don't look at him and think, man, he's lacking. I'm, I look at him and say, yeah, he's a, he's a person. He's a whole person. When it comes to pain When it comes to trials and testing of our faith Perseverance is the answer Because when you persevere through that You recognize To live in a new normal And specifically when it comes to faith You recognize The mysteriousness And the overwhelmingness of God You don't know all the answers You never will That is how big and glorious God is. You don't don't know all the answers. That's how intelligible, that's how all-knowing God is. And how not we are. You'll, You'll trust that Jesus is better. Even when all your comfort has been taken away from you, all your earthly comfort has been taken away from you, you you'll recognize that Jesus is better. And when you are lacking all things, and, and you don't have your job, or you've lost your family, and you lost loved ones, you suffer a major injury to yourself. Persevere. For I believe. That if you do. God is working in you. To make you mature. And complete. Not lacking anything. There's a great movie called Silence. It talks about the persecution of Christians in Japan in the feudal ages and there's a scene where a man is being drowned by the waves of the sea he's strung up on a cross and he's being drowned it takes three days for him to die and on the third day he has no more strength he has no one protecting him He's lost his home, his family, and he's about to lose his life. And there he is singing of the love of Jesus. And it's a great portrayal of how a man who has nothing lacks nothing. He is mature and complete, and he's ready to go home. My friends, the reason I picked this up as my through line for this sermon is because not everyone is going to have a testing of their faith and even if they do which you can actually make a really good argument that they do people don't recognize that they have faith in, in their day to day life I believe people do I believe they actually have their faith all the time whether that is they have faith that everything's going to work out in the end or nothing's going to work out in the end or there's a God or there's a force or there's something. People act on their foundational beliefs and I call that foundational belief faith. People don't understand that they are going through the testing of their faith all the time. But it becomes very, very clear when you add pain and suffering to the equation. Anyways, my friends, I have taken 35 minutes of your time, and I so, so appreciate the time that you take to listen to these. I am trying to cut these things down. They should only be about 20 to 25 minutes. There's so much I want to tell you about But today has been another NCP conversation, and it is a breakdown of James 1, 2-4. My prayer for you today is that as you go into the world, and whether you have a good day or a bad day, consider it pure joy and persevere through the day this day will not last forever all things come to an end but you have to persevere through it my wife and I are watching 13 Reasons Why and there's talk about suicide and taking one's life and and one of the main characters is struggling why the girl had taken her own life and she can no longer experience new joys new comforts and the cry of the protagonist is why do you persevere? My friends, if you're listening to this and you're struggling with self-harm, please seek help. Reach out to professionals. Reach out to loved ones. May you go. May the Lord be with you now and forever. This is William Kahn signing out. I'll speak to you in a couple of days.